everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. Yes, that's what we do. <laughs> In this episode, we watched a new, another remake. Mm -hmm. So this is remake two? Yeah, remakes volume two. The remakening. Yeah. Um, in this episode, we watched a fantastic movie, uh, 1973's The Wicker Man, and 2006's The Wicker Man. Yeah, you can guess which one is the fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, I did go into because I'd only seen the Nick Cage Wicker Man in cinema when it first came out, and I've, I have steered away from it ever since because I hated it so much. But um, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. But I think part of that is because, like, Nick Cage is very insistent that the reason the movie is badly received is because the producers wanted to market it as a serious horror film, whereas the director and Nick Cage, the lead actor, played it as a dark comedy. So a lot of the negative reviews at the time talked about it being unintentionally funny. But they were intentionally being funny, and he's but to the point that he said things like, you know, it it would have been more obvious if they'd let me do some of the things I had planned to do, um, which do sound funny. They sound ridiculous. Um, but I there was stuff towards the end of the film, so I might wait till we're a little bit further into spoiler territory before I talk about those. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the tone so early because that's the first thing I really want to cover. The tone of the original uh, 1973 film mm -hmm. is far more unsettling. It is dark because you as the audience member have no idea what's going on and it is horrible as, like, someone watching this in the 70s, maybe. So, you know, like, society sort of goes in peaks and valleys of, like, what becomes acceptable and obviously the 70s were pushing the free love concept of like, hey, look, you know, we're basically just people. Let's just like get along with each other and experience life as it should be experienced mm -hmm. rather than being stuck in this very, the man, the, you know, the triangle of power, the hierarchy of like, you know, God, the the king or queen. I don't remember if it was a queen. Yeah, because yeah, she's been the queen since... She the, was the queen since, for a very long time. Since World War Two. I'm an idiot. Um, so yeah, you know, you're God, the queen you know, the, the law and then the people underneath it. Yeah. And um, this is him coming into it. Um, The, the, um, God. Sergeant Howie. Yeah, Sergeant Howie. Neil Howie is um, very much the ideal of that. Not only the fact that he's a police officer, but also he's very much in that God first kind of yeah, mentality. Yeah, very Christian. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's, why they choose him yeah. within you know in the context of the story um there's definitely a lot of social commentary in that movie yeah there's a lot of you know and it it goes in both directions i think because it it's very much they made a point of having a lot of nudity um because so many people were would be up in arms about that at that time i mean yeah. nowadays that wouldn't be shocking Nowadays, is, it's very tame in comparison to some of the stuff you see yeah, on television. Which is why they, you know, in the, the 2006 one, they were like, well, there's no point, because that's not 
yeah. shock value anymore. Whereas yeah. back then it would be like, oh my god, you know, it's the. I, I still my think. My goodness. And he represents the audience in that yeah. way. Yeah. 2006's Wicker Man has a lot of violence towards women, mm. which is still shocking today, which is good <laughs> because I'm glad we as a society are not comfortable with that. Um, but it is. That's the only sort of part that would be in comparison to that tone set. Mm. Um, the difference being that, you know, Nicolas Cage is playing a character because that's what Nicolas Cage does. Mm-hmm. He, he plays a character. He's not like, it's not like Daniel Day-Lewis who becomes a character. He's playing yeah. a character. And he, his, everything about him as the character is ridiculous. And the decisions he makes as the character are ludicrous and stupid yeah. and it feels um it could be like uh, i don't know if anybody's played this and it might be just me and um heavy rain right. he comes off as ethan and heavy rain okay. like he sees something in water so his instant reaction is to jump We're gonna into, dive into it yeah, yeah yeah and he does it multiple times in the movie and it always ends badly for him and yeah. you're like did you not learn any of your lessons? Is this like a game mechanic you're playing? But, um, yeah, the, t- the dark comedy tone of the remake, the two- that 2006 one, is so ludicrous. Yeah. The, okay, so... He describes it as having an element of absurdity to it, which is uh, accurate. So, so he... <laughs> but the original has an element of absurdity to it. Yes, you know? it is... It is very unsettling and weird Mm -hmm. and there are elements where it is hilarious to everyone except the audience aka howie um but yeah the nicholas like i have to cover it so his trauma that sets him on the path to ending up on the island is trying to save a young woman and a little girl um from a car wreck which it happens, it's a very, like, it reminds me of Wind Talkers when everything explodes in his face. It's, like, but, it's so strange, because I thought it was going to come back. I thought it was going to turn out they had been sent from the the island. Yeah, it's kind of just like this weird... It's just left in the open, because it was like, oh, we don't know where they came from, we don't, you know, there was no bodies found, and yeah. the car wasn't from here, and it was like, oh, you know, this is a setup. Yeah, but... but it wasn't. Yeah. It made no sense. Chekhov's gone went unfired. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ridiculousness I want to cover is so ludicrous. It just, every time it happened, it cracked me up. So he ha- keeps having these, like, delusions. Mm-hmm. And it's always little girl a- away from him, out of his reach, and then something happens. Yeah. But he's on a boat. So he, he's <laughs> from California State. He's going to Washington which is where Summer Summer Isle is in this version. Summer's Isle. Summer's Isle. So it's Summer Isle in the original and yeah. Summer's Isle because they thought American audiences could pronounce that better. Fair. Um, <laughs> so he has to take a boat. So yeah. he's taking like a ferry. Mm-hmm. And he sees a little... He's sitting there and he's looking straight ahead past all these other people that are just extras in the background. And he sees a little girl facing out to the ocean. Yeah. And she gets hit by a fucking truck <laughs> multiple times. And it's like, this is so ludicrous because it is 
so stupid. It's, He's on a boat. You can see just, water in every direction that the camera yeah, pans, and the, he gets she gets hit by a truck, <laughs> and it happens multiple times. She doesn't actually. She doesn't actually get hit by the truck. It's in his head. Yeah, but no, it's, it's ludicrous. It's a way to visually combine the two things for us because he's <laughs> had this trauma involving a young girl and now he's going to find this other young girl who's missing. So his brain is connecting the dots while he's, you know, he's going through PTSD. And yes, it's a ridiculous visualization, but it was a, you know, it's that's what they're clearly doing is trying to be like, okay, look, these things are linked in his head. You know, the two girls are the same in his head. And they do it more subtly later on where it's, you know, flashback, flashbacks to him actually trying to rescue the girl from the car and she turns around and it's the wrong girl. Yeah, or it's bees. Well, yeah, or it's bees. <laughs> because, of course, it's a commune whose main export is honey, unlike in the original where it's apples. Yeah. And uh, he's allergic to bees. Yeah, it's it's interesting because... Through both the movies, you get a kind of a hint of how these communes are working. Yeah. And um, the 2006 one, they're referred to as neo-pagans. Right. Um, but it is a very... Because uh, the original is Scotland. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the you know, the whole thing about Scotland is it's not a very summery place. Oh. So this is ridiculous because they filmed in October and November when the film is set in May or April and and finishes on the 1st of May. Yeah. Um and because they filmed in October and November none of the trees had leaves or flowers so they handmade trees and glued all the leaves and blossoms to them. So all of the trees that appear in the 1973 film were made by hand because all of the trees where they were actually filming were dead because it was autumn. Yeah. And then any aerial shots are of South Africa because that's in the Southern Hemisphere where it was summery. Yeah. And they had trees in blossom. <laughs> and that's ridiculous to me. Why not just wait until summer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait until like March maybe and film your, film your movie. Maybe they just wanted it to still look kind of eerie and spooky. Yeah. It's the... Talking of the looks of the movie, I think the 73 version is far more unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, it did remind me a little... So obviously, you know, when I travelled to Ireland, which was the first time outside of the Southern Hemisphere for me... Mm-hmm. Um, it did come off as very, like, certain places we went to were very, um, you know, could have been, like, this kind of town where everybody knows each other and, you know, mm-hmm. the person comes from outside and they're like, who are you, a stranger? But, like, because of tourism and because we're in the 21st century and everybody has cell phones and Google Maps and blah, 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 yeah. there obviously is a very big disconnect even from the 2006 one where he can't get cell service. And it's like, yeah, and I think that was, you know, their way of doing that in 2006 when was, they were like, well, you know, there has to be a reason that he can't call yeah. for backup. Because I, obviously in the 1973 one, he has to, you know, there's no landlines where he has to go out and call for backup on the radio on the plane. Yeah. Um. So in the 2006 one, that is what he ends up planning to do again. It's yeah, like, yeah. I need to find the pilot and get use his radio. But it's because 
there's no cell service because otherwise it, he could just get on his own. Yeah. And be like, hey. Which he does do at one point, but it doesn't work. Yeah, his phone rings. I don't understand. He spent the whole movie, like, really dragging out the fact that there's no service, and then he gets a phone call in the middle of the island. Yeah. But we don't see him try very often. He just, like, looks at his phone once, and he's like, oh, there's no cell service. He tries a couple of times, I think. But they also he also talks about it before he even goes out there. Yeah. Um. Very weird. The... Yeah, the tone for 73 is much more unsettling as the for the audience. Mm-hmm. And it comes off as very comical. Some of the parts come off very comical for um, the 06 version. Right. And to me, it's... I thoroughly enjoy... Like, I highly recommend watching the 1973 version. Yeah, like, yeah. I highly recommend it. It is a movie... That, if you haven't seen, obviously, the, the podcast, we're going to spoil a bunch of stuff. But, like, when you haven't seen that, well, I had seen it previous to this, and I'd seen it previous to when we saw it at the movies recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unsettling from, like, you know, the Christian background of where you get the audience idea from. Yeah. But it also, like, has its sort of... It's, it's, um, the words that came to my mind when I was watching it, uh, this time round were, like, the last, last temptation of Christ. Oh, okay, yeah. Because he's, like, the strong Christian, no sex before marriage, and then you've got the innkeeper's daughter, who's literally, like... Willow. Willow, who's, yeah. And in the remake, Willow is Rowan's mother. Yeah. Tempting him into the, uh, in, into her bedchamber. Mm-hmm. And it is... It's hilarious because it has this very over-the-top dance sequence and him, like, lusting against a wall and her on the other side naked and gyrating and banging on it and him being like, no, no, the temptation. That is a very controversial scene. Not for the reasons you probably think. Because the actress who played Willow refused to appear naked from the waist down. Right. So they shot all the scene, all the bits of the scenes where she's just like topless. Yeah. So you're only seeing her from the waist up, doing the dance bits and whatever. And then after she was finished filming and had left set, they hired a body double without telling her and without her consent, and got her to do all the <laughs> all the scenes from behind where she's doing like the ridiculous dancing and wiggling her butt a bit. Yeah. And she really was not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, because everyone would be just like, "Hey, that's you." And yep. She, nope. Yep. Yeah. She said people people quite often at like when the conventions or whatever, or when they see her, they will like give her shots of the nude scene and ask her to sign it. And yeah. she's always like, no, that's literally not, not me. me. Yeah. It's, um, a lot of people have done that. Um, and it's, it's comes up often where people are like, uh, like the uh, Natalie Portman and your highness wasn't her. Um, I think the other one everyone was super ex- well. I gotta say everyone was super excited about, but people were super excited about um, uh, the portrayal of Angelina Jolie did in Beowulf, but that it turns out it wasn't her; it was somebody else that they body scanned. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting because it it's a weird it's a weird 
place in sort of the way films are made because you know certain actors get paid like a like a topless fee like um uh, Halle Berry got it for Swordfish she got paid a million dollars to do the topless sequence and then I counteract that by like Sigourney Weaver was paid a million dollars to shave her head for Aliens Mm -hmm. or Aliens 3 then you're like oh okay so this is where we are in 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 the sort of what's flesh for money kind of error of it it's um it's also weird because i mean the the matter of consent is obviously important yeah i think um a, you know a key one to this that's not nudity is um back in the future too where they got someone and made him look as much like crispin glover as possible because crispin <laughs> glover wouldn't be in the movie and crispin glover was like hey i didn't consent to you using my likeness yeah. in this movie and i mean that's Coming up we... now, very yeah. topically, of studios CGIing people. Yeah, so yeah. the entire cast of the Snowpiercer series have had their bodies scanned yeah. so that the studio can use them indefinitely for any project and with no actual laws or contracts in place to stop them from doing that at the moment. So it's a, it's a huge issue. And I think, you know, what they did in um, The Wicker Man, the 1973 one, wouldn't have been reprehensible if they had talked it out with her and gotten her consent and she was like, okay, you know, and they come to an agreement around it. Yeah. Um, but the fact that she explicitly said, you know, I'm only going to appear from the waist up naked, mm. that's it. And they were like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then made it look like she did more than that. Yeah. Without her consent and without her even knowing that they were doing it until the film was released. Ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Um... Because that's all you have as an actor. What? <laughs> you, you, I mean, everyone should have the rights to their own image. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Which is why it's terrifying now. Um, like, the big one that was controversial within people who know was there was a filter that came out um, made by a Russian organisation, which... Uh, you photo scanned your face and it made you look old. And within the terms and conditions of using that product, the company who had made the app that or the, the filter that did that um, owned the image that mm. it created, which coming to an era where in the future we may be using facial ID as a form of identification for either your bank account details or yeah. anything along those lines that are you know your private information... And the and people were willingly giving this company an image of what they may look like yeah. in twenty to thirty years time, without contemplating what what that could be, and you're just like, uh, yeah, this it's is... real scary. And it's like, um, because I was reading something today about because there's a lot going off about voices as well. There's a huge thing with voice actors, and I hope that they're including this in the SAG after stuff, but I haven't seen it. Um, but people using like inputting voice actors' voices into AI programs and AI databases so that people can make like their own fan works, essentially using yeah. voice actors' voices without their consent. Um, well, it comes up all the time with that, like um, uh, um, Trump, Joe, and uh, Obama playing Minecraft, and you're like... How does that exist? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was apparently... The voice, because I, I never use TikTok, and I never will use TikTok. Um, sorry if you're out there hoping for us to have a 
it takes to TikTok. It's not happening. Um, but apparently the voice that reads out text-to-speech on TikTok changed a few years back. And the reason was because the previous one was an AI version of a voice actor's voice. And that voice actor sued them and was like, you cannot yeah. use my voice. Um, and seemingly one, I don't know the, the full details of the case, but um, it's just ridiculous that that's even happening. You know? Yeah. So, like, if that's someone's voice... If you want to use a particular person's voice, get their consent and pay them. Yeah, it's it's happened with... Um, there was a controversy around uh, um, who owns dancers. Right. When it came to Fortnite, because obviously Fortnite monetized the ability to do dancers, and the dancers were made famous by actors doing the dancers. Right. Um, there was the, the... I can't remember the name of the guy... The actor that played the surgeon, JD's best friend in Scrubs. Oh, uh, Donald Faison? Yeah, and also um, the the brother from um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I've never watched that show, yeah. so I don't so know. So both of them have... <laughs> yeah, both of them have very iconic dancers. Right. And it was like, you're at this point where how do you make a dance move? Um, you can't copyright it. Yeah. But it's, it's in that weird lore of like, well, if I came up with it and I did it and I made it famous, yep. you know, and then you take it and do the, and then charge money for people to use it. Yeah. Weird, you know, that's. I've seen this as a gray area coming up with fan fiction, um, that people are, there's a huge thing. So obviously, as we talked about in our last episode, I am, I've gotten back into Tumblr recently yeah. uh, where there is huge fan communities. Um, and apparently there's a whole issue at the moment where people are taking writer like fan fiction that exists that writers have written but haven't finished and putting them into AI and getting like an ending written. And the writers are saying, please don't do this. And some people are saying, well, you don't own it to begin with because, uh, you know, you're using someone else's IP. Yeah. But legally, the fan fiction writer does own the writing they've done. Yeah. Because... They don't own the characters, they don't own the IP, but like if you wrote Batman fan fiction and then DC just decided they wanted to make a movie based on your premise, you could sue DC. Yeah. They would have to pay you for it, otherwise they would be in big trouble. Um, and it's come up with like there's there's authors who are, you know, a, who make themselves very available to, to fans, such as uh, Neil Gaiman is a big one. Yeah who are constantly saying, please don't send me your fanfiction. Because if he reads a piece of fanfiction, or even if he has the link to it, and he could perceivably have read it, yeah, and he writes a story that is similar lines to the story in that fanfiction. Yeah, it's plagiarism. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even though it's based on his character, his IP, if he takes someone else's writing, he's plagiarized it. Yeah. Um, so like, there's a huge thing where people just don't understand how much you do own. And I think, the, I think sometimes studios are banking on that because they want you yeah. to not realize that you can actually do something about it when they use your likeness or use, you know, your writing or whatever. And it becomes a big issue with, like, chat GBT as well because it's just like, cool, write me the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Here's everything that's, you know. Yeah. You uh, can just copy and paste everything. You know, I mean, I don't think you can copy and paste the entirety of Game of Thrones into ChatGPT. Yeah. But you could, you know, give a synopsis and say what happens next. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very weird time that we're 
coming to at this point in time because yeah and it's again like we touched on in a previous episode about you know netflix and why the strike's happening and it's it's um yeah have you seen all the stuff that's come up about the orange is the new black cast no because that was like the biggest show on netflix for years and it's like the show that made netflix popular so many people signed up for netflix to watch orange is the new black yeah and it seems like the cast in residuals have made like twenty dollars collectively like not individually like if you combine the residuals that all of the cast have made they've made about twenty dollars from the biggest show on netflix yeah for years so that's that would be a contradiction to say how much the actors make in friends Mm -hmm. because they get paid like something stupid they think they get a million dollars each per year yeah and i don't know what the original payment was for those actors but several of them have come out and said most of us had second jobs because we couldn't afford to get the to pay for taxis to set jesus while it was filming which is ridiculous it's yeah. beyond ridiculous, and you know, and then it's, I think we said this in the in the previous episode that like the argument against piracy just disappears. Yeah, it really does. Because you know, I think I saw a post on Tumblr where someone was like, you know, if the if the cast of, it sounds like the cast of the orange of Orange is the New Black made like twenty bucks off Netflix, so I could just pirate it and like Venmo them fifty dollars, yeah, and yeah. they'd be on a profit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um. It's it's a weird area, um, in a, in a weird time because yeah you you have things like The Witcher you have things like or you like just brought Orange and New Black and then you get the you know the the flip side of that is when TV made money yeah because that's that's the problem um, it's a it's a supply versus supply and demand issue but netflix clearly is making oh yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like it just the big companies are just like vacuuming up all of their profits and giving you know focusing and putting it's like um with with crunchyroll which was a subscription anime service um they got basically got on a bunch of so a subscription service like netflix and they got a bunch of indie anime people Obviously, because the market is massive and flooded at the moment, mm-hmm. so obviously everybody who's being creative enough doesn't get an opportunity with like a big studio to produce their work. So Crunchyroll basically promised a bunch of indie anime writers and you know actors and everything that they were going to support their work. Yeah. What they actually did was funneled all their money into their own projects and didn't pay them oh so that's bizarre yeah because you as you know if you were producing something if you were producing something for netflix hypothetically yeah and netflix are producing it and you're the act you're the writer you're the director you know it's the exact same as dark or 19 um 1899 yeah and then netflix can turn around and go oh well your show wasn't profitable for us so we're going to cancel it and you're like well can i see you don't have the rights to see because yeah. they're the producer. Yeah. And it's a weird, weird area that yeah. we are we are we are coming to because the only way for us, the audience, to fix it is to not give these people money. Yeah. You have to vote with your money. You have to vote with your wallet. And unfortunately, 
you know, you can do that as much as you want, but other people are going to ignore everything. It's, or not even know about it. Yeah, yeah, that's you the know? other thing. We, I mean, we know a lot about this stuff because we care about it and we're interested in film, we're interested in television. Yeah. Um, we're interested in the industry. We read up on the industry. People that we follow on social media are in the industry or involved or interested, you know, um, so we're going to get information that way. Um, whereas, you know, there's people my parents' age who probably have no idea. I imagine my parents have some idea of what's going on because they're, they're pretty in the know. Yeah. They listen to film podcasts. <laughs> um, but it's the same with, like, Sky. Yeah. Sky, in for, for people who don't know, um, who don't have this sort of service available in New Zealand or, you know, not in, just in New Zealand but just, like, in their country, Sky was the big... Like, it was free television. So when I grew up, it was free television. Or then rich people you knew had Sky. And Sky was basically free television, except you paid for it. And yeah. they had 60 channels, plus you could buy the movies channel. You 60 could buy. Channels. Yeah. Because if we had Sky, and we had, there was like 700 channels. Yeah. So it's now like that as well. <laughs> with radio, radio and you know, television and, and, you know, here's a movie channel that's playing movies and here's movie channel two. Like, it was... When we got it was TV kids. plus when I was a kid. But yeah. the issue is, is that, like, the reason a lot of these streaming services won, because mm-hmm. they did win, because it's now... I don't watch regular... I haven't watched regular television in so long. I don't remember the last time I watched... No, when I was in Ireland was the last oh, time yeah. I watched regular no, television. Well, well, that's not even technically real. You were watching Sky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the, I did watch... We watched... I mean, we've used TVNZ to watch yeah, Resident Alien. but that's also Alien. a streaming service. It's free, though. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we have... But that's because like, tax dollars pay for it. There's, like, live TVNZ. Yeah. And I've watched Batman Forever on that. Fair enough. I don't know, but I don't think I got the whole way through it because I got fed up watching ads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason places like Netflix and One was because they're... Cha- like, I think when I Netflix first came... I watched the Oscars. On... That's true. Oh, no, actually, this year I watched it on YouTube, I think, so never mind. That's all... Oh, no, I didn't. I did watch it on TV and said. It was the Eurovision I watched on YouTube. Anyway, yeah. continue what you're saying. Um... I've broken your brain. It's okay. Netflix, when it came out, was like, uh, you know, 10 bucks, yeah. $15, whatever. Versus Sky, um, I have no idea I'm going to find it now. Um, it's probably like 100 bucks a month. Yeah, that Sky wouldn't shock me. Sky subscription. Um, so I have subscription New Zealand. But Netflix is doing bullshit as well, where it's, you know, people, families who... who oh, yeah, the whole, like, you not having to... Um, not being able to um, have it in multiple households. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, because like I don't understand how that's working because not only is it now you know families that that have stopped living together can't use it, but also people who like own multiple homes or go on a holiday to somewhere that has Netflix app on this on like a smart TV. They'll be logging in and being like, this TV isn't on your home IP address. Um, it doesn't make much sense to me. So the base level package for Sky now, for new customers, mm-hmm. is $20 a month, but it's only for six months. 
Right. So you're getting 25% off for six months. Mm -hmm. To have sports, it's $39. Extra or included? For the first six months. Okay. So this is all just like... For yeah, but is that on top of the $20 or is that instead of the $20? Is that like the $20 plus $19.99 for sports? It's or... everything plus... It's, it's base package plus sports. Okay. Um, I thought you meant like base package is twenty dollars and then sports is an extra forty on top of it. Yeah, so there's a the the build your own is is um is twenty dollars a month. Yeah. But like you have to pay for the Dakota. Right. And it has it in here that it's like watch through Skybox for a non-refundable one-off payment of two hundred dollars or ongoing for ten dollars extra. I remember we had Sky. Um, I think my parents. Yeah, my parents are still using Sky. Um, I think they got it initially, A, because my dad wanted to watch sports, but also so we'd have a whole lot of kids' channels, because it had, uh, like, Cartoon Network, um, Fox Kids, Disney Channel, etc. on it. Yeah. But we wanted to watch it in more than one room in the house. Um, oh, you see, you needed a second Dakota. Which costs an arm and a leg, so yeah. what we did was we, we got, like, a cheap one that would work with it, that you could, like, attune to it. But what was really funny about it was, if you had it on... <laughs> In the upstairs, it's just upstairs in the house on the TV. You had this like fake decoder on, and you didn't have Sky on downstairs. Yeah. It picked up our neighbor's security camera footage. <laughs> That's <laughs> just... terrible from an IT security background. <laughs> so stupid. So we could just watch their front porch from our from our room. It was from, oh, from my my parents' room. Oh my god, this is even getting worse. Um, so I'm on the Sky website. And We've traveled so far from. That's yeah, right. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to it in a second. Oh God. Um, so for a hundred and ten a month, mm-hmm. you get twenty five percent off your Sky subscription, a router. Yeah. Um, which is worse than our internet. Right. Um. Yeah, cause Sky do their own broadband. Yeah. So this is this is like it's they're rolling everything in together. Yeah. To monopolize on you as your as your customer. Yeah. That is disgusting. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. Anyway, <sighs> movies. <laughs> we really need to get back. Yeah, yeah. Films. Tangent over. I mean, the tangent was longer than the episode itself. I Fair think, enough. But, um, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's topical because, yeah, you, you know, the controversy of taking somebody's image mm. and, you know, doing shady stuff behind closed doors goes back to the 70s clearly yeah, at least yeah yeah you know? um yeah it's such a shame that they did that because i mean it's such a good movie um and like you i would recommend it to anyone the 2006 one i feel like if you're gonna watch it watch the 1973 one right before it because that's the best experience i've had watching it yeah because there's a lot of the dialogue that is word for word the same yeah um, but they made it work. I know that yeah. sounds ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's a weird film, but like, it didn't feel like super outdated language. I think I think the difference is, is that the cinematography in the remake mm-hmm. is very modern. Yeah. Um, it is either very pushed in on the faces of the actors, so mm-hmm. you get their full expression, or it is sort of wide shots um, where it's very, like, filmmaking 101 of, like, have your characters stand 
have have the people that your character is you know your protagonist is talking to stand on the right side of the screen and there's the protagonist is sitting on the left side of the screen facing towards them and the camera is set up between them so there's a gap and you have the like when he comes up from the 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 when he gets on the island for the first point mm-hmm. and the, the sisters are all talking and he's standing there so you get this like flip of the camera of having him in the background with the sea and them and the like so you're like feeling as the audience that you're entering the island and it's full of mystery yeah where the 73 version the cinematography in my mind even though it is older is far more interesting and from a modern perspective it feels much more intense and airy and claustrophobic and it makes you feel upset like upsetting i think um the fact that if nicholas cage is telling the truth the fact that they were going for a different tone probably yeah. makes that make sense because the 1973 one is very clearly trying to make a horror. I yeah. mean, to the point that they've cast, you know, Christopher, Christopher Lee, Lee yeah. as the, the you know, main antagonist. And even though he comes up, you know, he acts like really nice and friendly or whatever. And you know that he's the bad guy yeah. the whole time. Um, My favorite part is when he's dressed like Cher. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, both of the movies are very much about, like, gaslighting and, and, and manipulation and stuff, and it's interesting, but definitely the different cinematography and not making it as creepy for the remake makes sense if they were trying to go for a dark comedy. Yeah. Though I did still think that the first half of the movie was, was, like, too dark to be a dark comedy, and then it starts to get, you get more comedic elements, but even in, like, right at the beginning, Nick Cage is given some one-liners that are quite enjoyable. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he's leaning into the comedy aspect of it. He's still acting seriously, though. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because the way you phrased that, it's... Yeah, there is a, definitely a tonal difference, mm-hmm. but I find... If you were going to put them, like, regardless of plot... Yeah. The 73 version is scarier. Yeah. Because you as the audience member have no friggin' clue what's happening. Yeah. And, it's, and there is, I mean, spoiler alert, but we've, we've already given a spoiler alert. Um, in both these movies, they're looking for, they've been written a letter being told that there's a missing girl on this island. They go to the island um, and they're looking for her. And then when they finally find her, you know, they, they in both things, they come up with this idea separately that... Yeah. Oh, they're going to sacrifice this girl. In the 2006 one, they decide to, like, explain that out loud. We made you think that you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really d- we, we get it. We just watched the movie. But, um... Yes, yeah, the... so they both come up with this idea that the girl's going to be sacrificed. And then in both cases, they find the girl looking like she's going to be sacrificed, yeah. save her, and she leads them to where it turns out they're going to be sacrificed. Yeah. And I feel like the reveal of that twist in the 1973 one... Even knowing it's coming and having seen it multiple times, it's so good. Yeah. That like the girl being like, "Oh, yeah, I'm am scared. Help me!" And him and then like leading him away and being like, "We lost them." And then she's just like, "I brought him here. I did good." You yeah, know, and you're yeah. just like, "What the fuck?" Whereas in the 2006 one, first of all, the girl says nothing. She just lets him carry her around, and then she just like points in a direction. Yeah. And she doesn't. And then once they get there, she just like runs up to them and is like, "Did I do good?" Um, and he still doesn't get it. Yeah. Whereas in this 1973 one, 
the penny drops and he realizes it and as you realize that and you're all just like oh no um whereas in the in the 2006 one the reveal is more kind of on willow's face yeah that she's yeah, because you know, she, she's been pretending to be to be like on his side the yeah. entire time. Yeah, it is. It is a much more of a like shock horror twist. M Night Shyamalan reveal yeah. in the in the 06 one, where in the seventy three one it's like, oh, everybody's been against you from like stage one, and this is like the long con, the long play, and it is part like. In the 06 one, it's not really mentioned other than, you know, like you said, it, everything's spelled out for the people who ate glue during school um, <laughs> who've watched this movie. The, um, the 73 one, the everything's a setup. Like, you know, the, the, the costumes are a setup because he has to appear as the fool and turn up on his own volition, and it's all part of their, like, sacrificial ritual yeah where the other one seems like a honeypot system yeah. where they just ironic send... considering it's all about bees yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they send a beautiful girl into the city to fall in love with a man to get pregnant to come back to the island to give birth to hopefully a woman and then continue the cycle on and then yeah. they bring them back to like sacrifice them to so save the bees slash the apples doesn't make much sense because they only need to sacrifice in both films. They only need to sacrifice because the harvest failed the previous year. Yeah. With the girl as like six or seven. Yeah. So it's been like you know seven or eight years since she went out and got pregnant, and maybe they're just going out and getting pregnant, and then you know, on the off chance that they need a sacrifice, they know where to get it. <laughs> it's also the fact that like if you were living in a community like that. Yeah. The, so I think I re so. This is a weird deep dive into some of the stuff that I've researched over the years. Mm -hmm. So approximately, um, to save the human race from a cataclysmic event, you need 144 unrelated people right. to keep the gene pool stable enough where we don't interbreed. Yeah. Um, so they have to be 144 unrelated people. Obviously, if you were going to build a, like an arc along those lines you'd want them to be experts in you know every field you'd have to pick 144 fields yeah. and then pick the most you know under 30 you know fertility testing all that other garbage to go along with it um and then you'd obviously have to have like staggered ranges um which kind of reminds me of that movie we watched the really unsettling one with uh our boy robert patterson in it the sci-fi one uh, where he's he's the 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 one oh, I can't remember the name of it the one where he's like on the spaceship space and they're they're like disturbed teens. Um, yeah. Damn it! I'm gonna. You keep going. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, find yeah. that out. So yeah, 144 people is like the minimum required from the studies that I've that I've read. Um, so I think the whole purpose of the point that I'm getting to is the whole purpose of going off the island to get pregnant from someone who's not born on the island would be to stop inbreeding. Yeah, and that makes sense because Nick Cage brings that up in it that um, you know, you because they said that the men are only there for breeding, and he's like, you mean inbreeding? Yeah. But like not realizing that, because he thinks that Willow rebelled and went out. Yeah. Um, and he's still believing that narrative, right? Yeah. So he hasn't copped that actually that was 
part, all part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the idea. It's very weird in because the seventy three version. It seems like it is a religious allegory for like because there was a lot of like weird um, Christian offshoot cults that came along. Like Children of God is one like um, that's valid for New Zealand and valid for um, a lot of Hollywood people. Um, which, if you don't know, was which was a, uh, a a church that was based on the apocalypse is coming. So let's all move to this like commune and just have sex and because god teaches you that love is free and love should be shared with everybody mm. so i'm a creepy old man i'm gonna have you know sex with young women and yep. in, in the eyes of god whereas this movie is about a group of women who were radicalized by the salem witch trials and decided to have a female only yeah yeah home. yeah so they've, they've flipped the patriarchy to the point where the men are like mute manservants yeah um, um the movie you were talking about robert pattinson is called high life yeah so if yeah. you haven't seen high life um you're in you're in for a for a white knuckle ride because <laughs> that movie is disturbing in multiple ways um yeah. visually it's absolutely fantastic and the cinematography in that movie is amazing and the acting is great mm-hmm. but very very unsettling um weirdly what the baby's in that the baby in that her name is willow do, do, do. <laughs> it's all connected that was the wrong tune um <laughs> that was a celebratory one <laughs> Rather than a shock of surprise. Her name is Willow. Yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, it it is yeah. There's this weird plan of like repopulating, but then the the other side of it with the seventy three one is very much like a, you know, we are going to make the land ours and live with the land and you know the whole death and rebirth. Um, cycle that is mentioned in both you know um the the 06 version is very much like a sort of a comic booky villain version of it where you know uh the you know human sacrifices existed in pretty much every single religion um the you know christianity just like pg 13 it with the blood of christ the, the body and blood of christ through communion um, well, in, in Catholicism, in Catholic um, beliefs anyway. But the, yeah, this, this concept of the, the, the paganism of, like, celebrating God being Mother Nature and us being a piece of, like, the human beings being a piece of nature rather than, you know, this, this chosen species who gets to rule over everything. Um, I don't see a problem with it. As a person who's done a lot of research on a lot of religion, different religions out of my own curiosity and confusion, um, the whole concept of living in balance with the land makes a hell of a lot more sense than like pill- pillaging it for your own greed, mm. just because you've got the God-given right to do so. So the the you know the people who wrote the Bible wouldn't have been sitting there picturing um, battery farming chickens. In their mind, when you know they're talking about how how God gave the earth to mankind, it's right. we've really taken it and run with it. You know, um, it was upsetting to me. You know what happened during lockdown because that was I think that was one of the the many straws that broke the camel's back for the government to literally ban 
battery farmed eggs in New Zealand because during lockdown, the first lockdown we had in New Zealand, um, one of the major plants had a failure with the air conditioning system because no one was on site to look at, well, they had a skeleton crew looking after it. Um, The air conditioning failed and like 1,700 chickens died because of monoxide poisoning. Because the the areas they're contained in is so t- the because of the fecal matter is so toxic they literally suffocated because there was no air conditioning. It's horrible. It's so horrible. And it, and then there was one recently where they just caught fire and burned down. Yeah. So all the chickens were inside these giant, you know, football sized warehouses and it just caught fire. Tiny warehouses. Oh, so football <laughs> football um, pitch. Yeah. 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 No, I figured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a football size. There's 10,000 chickens crushed. Yeah. It's a chicken bowl with the density of a small planet. Yeah. Well, I mean, they burn animals in the Wicker Man as well. Yeah, but that's all part of the like the, the pagan ritual. Yeah. Um, I think in Old Norse it was seven. I think this lucky number was seven. Or it might have been, yeah. The, um, the, you know the goat? It might have been nine. You know the goat that's in the Wicker Man in the Wicker Man? Sorry. In the, the like, Wicker Man, the Wicker Man, the Wicker like, Man Two, Wicker the, Man's Revenge. There are multiple Wicker Man movies. The Wicker Man, the 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 structure Wicker of the Wicker Man. And which Wicker Man? The first Wicker Man. So seventy three, yeah. Yeah, because the other the seventy six one doesn't have any animals. In it. Yes, it does. No, does it? Yes, it does. Did it? I couldn't yeah. see any. Okay, well they were there. Okay, well in the nineteen seventy three one, there's a goat directly above. The, the part where the him? man goes in? Yeah. Yeah. The goat peed on him. That's great. Yeah, because the goat was scared. Of course it was. The, the wicker man was on fire. No, apparently they took all the animals out before they set Well, you'd hope so. Well, the lady whose image they stole to put a fake foot in says they killed all the animals, but I don't think that's... I feel like it would be more public if that was true. Yeah. But it also goes along with the theme of the movie that we're getting different stories from different things because the director insists... The animals were all removed and placed and replaced with fake animals before they burned it. The man was in there while they burned it. They left him in there while they burned it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they disagreed on was she she was upset that they um, used ADR to dub over her voice for the whole movie, and they were like, "We dubbed over her voice for the song that she's supposed to sing, but everything else is her." And she's like, "That's not my voice. I they dubbed over me." So I don't know what's wait true. the whole movie. Yeah. So she claims that they dubbed her over in ADR for the entire movie, and they say that they didn't do that. That's terrible. Yeah. That's like, that's Darth Vader levels of bad. <laughs> it's messed up. I mean, the fact that they did, and admitted to the fact that they did, use a body double to like make it look like she was shaking her butt all over the place, I don't know who to believe in that story. Um, but it is a film about... You know, getting different stories from different people and not knowing what's real and what's not and not being able to trust anything that you're told. So it's fitting. Yeah, it's fitting <laughs> to gaslight the audience. Yeah, just gaslight the audience casually. With, outside of the movie with, yeah. like, information that's not real. But I hope that they didn't kill the animals anyway. I hope yeah, that that yeah. much is not... Is, yeah. is, is, is that the director is telling the truth, not her. Because there was... Um, I don't remember when it came into effect... There was a time where there was no law around it, and yeah. when they used to film war movies, and they had a like cavalry charges, yeah, yeah, they just had like horses dying left, right, and center. Yeah, that's quite common, unfortunately, yeah. especially in you know, older movies. We just have horses dying in 
on filming sets. Yeah. Um, but like, there's a difference between, you know, doing acting on horses, and an accident happening, uh, versus. Well, they weren't trapping, trapping animals, animals in a wicker man and setting them on fire. You, you say accidents happening with horses, but when you're filming war movies and they were using like fake landmines and stuff. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unsafe practices. Yeah, there's a lot more laws around those things nowadays. And with CGI now, it's so much easier to CGI yeah. a horse. I was watching out for it, and like, you could see the goat seem to just stop moving at yeah. one point, and I was like, okay, this is where they've presumably switched it out for a fake goat. <laughs> it must have been quite a rigid structure if you're putting like live, live actual animals, anim- in animals in it. Yeah. And it was made, they made it by hand. Yeah. Um, and uh, our, our main actor, Edward Woodward, who the characters in the, the remake are named after, yeah. um, was, he refused to, to see it before the, the scene was filmed. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, you can come have a look, we finished building it. And he was like, no, 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 I want to see it when you drag me over that hill. Yeah, so yeah. his first time seeing it is when they pull him over the hill. So he's like, my God, oh my God, Jesus Christ, is like half real reaction <laughs> um that is the best like the, that's the problem now with cgi ruining like you know um ed mccullen crying on the set of the hobbit because yeah. he was basically surrounded by green it's i mean that's so sad because that was a you know because I, of how well they did it in the lord of the rings yeah, without needing to yeah. have but a whole lot of green screen again job. it was studio overreaching Peter Jackson being called at the 11th hour to direct it, yeah. being told that there were three movies and they'd put a bunch of bullshit in. And it was like, how, you know, they had years to make Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then they got months. They got a year to make three movies of the same length. It's ridiculous. My yeah. point being, the fantastic scene that I always like bringing up, which is in Alien, mm-hmm. where the reaction from the cast is genuine mm-hmm. because the only person who was in on it was, um, oh crap, I can't remember the actor's name. The, the, John Hurt? Yeah, John Hurt with the alien, the chestburster. He's the only person that's in on it. Everybody yeah. else is gathered around watching it and you can see, even now, the, like the HD remakes of it, you can see the characters breaking, yeah. the actors breaking character. Yeah, yeah. Because to them, like, they're literally getting sprayed in the face with, like, blood and stuff. And they're like, ah! Like, it's so well <laughs> and done. just great practical effects. Yeah. And, we, uh, like, uh, the other thing is I wanted to have a caveat here that, like, there's a difference between actors getting to see things like that for the first time, you know, and get to incorporate the shock into the acting. Because they know that there is, some, you know, they yeah, know yeah, what's yeah. coming. They just haven't seen what it looks like. Um, versus, like, the weird forced method acting that happens sometimes nowadays where like directors deliberately keep actors in the dark until they're on set and just to like deliberately traumatize them yeah and then you get the other flip side of that when you get actors who go so far into their character mm-hmm. that they're dicks to everybody like jared leto yeah, and yeah. the and the when he was playing the joker yeah he was just like, well, I am the Joker, so I'm going to be a dick to everybody. And yeah, it's like, like, you're not. You're just some asshole guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's... Yeah, so I don't condone the bullshit where it's like, you know, like, 
the the goddamn and I mean they did some of this on the Wicker Man as well, but I was gonna say like actually making Kate, um Kate Winslet like float in ice cold water so that she'd actually be very cold when they did Titanic. But it's still nothing to do with what um, Stanley Kubrick did in The Shining. Which which thing? The keeping his actor awake for days on oh, end yeah, that's and then nuts. and when just trust him to act the sequence where. The camera is following her up the up the stairs and her swinging the bat. Yeah. It's literally Stanley, who's filming her with a handheld. Yeah. And chasing her, and she's really swinging the bat at him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're like, it's a fantastic scene, and he did a really good job of getting yeah. that performance. But you could probably do that without questioning yeah. your own moral ethics yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, just let people act. They're yeah. actors. They yeah. can act. Um. So the the reason I say they did a little bit of it in in. Um, the Wicker Man is they didn't it wasn't forced method acting um, but they did um, it was it was literally for practical reasons yeah uh, because they filmed in October November instead of April May um, the the like air was very cold so <laughs> in all the outdoor scenes they had to get the actors to suck on ice cubes before they shot so that you couldn't see their breath in the air because their breath was coming out oh, cold wow. in the cold air. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like fun, but it, that is, that is it a... wasn't like try to torture the actors. It was trying to like not break the illusion of it being May. Yeah, that's a white death thing. What do you mean? Oh, so white death was a very famous sniper. Oh, okay. It was a Finnish man who defended Finland, a bunch of like woods of Finland against right. the Soviet invasion. Suck on ice. And he was literally eating snow, so you can't see his breath when he's breathing out. Yeah. And he never used a um. I'm, I'm gonna go and no, I'm just gonna stop there. Okay. He never used a scope because it also shows up. But like right. that level of, like. But it's attention to detail. Yeah. In a you know in a world where they couldn't just CGI out the breath. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't. It wasn't trying to torture the actors, but I, I just was thinking about it when I was going to say that they put her in freezing cold water. It's like, yeah, also. But, I mean, you could put Kate Winslet... I've seen Kate Winslet act. You could put Kate Winslet in, you know, warm water and have her act cold. There's yeah, nothing stopping you, get, you from doing that. How do you get the, how do you get the genuine <laughs> you breath? You don't need to give... Make her suck on ice cube. But that wouldn't work. Because <laughs> it's about the air make being her, in your body her, being... Make, give her... Give her some hot chocolate before she does it. Make the air cold and give her a hot chocolate, and then <laughs> you don't need don't... to have her in 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 freezing water. I still don't think that works. I've seen a picture of James Cameron in a dry suit in that sequence because the water was only like waist deep. It's still, I mean, if you especially if you have to do, if you have to do multiple uh, takes and things, like you're gonna give your actress hypothermia. I think they did give her hypothermia. Is that what happened? I think she got hypothermia. Just don't do it. Just be nice to your actors. This is my my appeal to the, <laughs> to the studios. Just be nice. Yeah. T- <laughs> how about how about one of the CEOs of one of the major studios take a two percent pay cut so they could literally give all the striking people what they want? Yeah. It's it's so 2%. not difficult to give people the comfort of knowing that they own their own image. Yeah. And a little bit more money. You know, <laughs> they're not asking for a lot. It's not even a little bit more money. It's, it's job security. Yeah. The big thing is job security. But it's residuals. Like, getting money yeah, yeah, for... Yeah. You know, because the money they're getting is not... 
um, equivalent to what what they're, making, you know they're yeah. earning or what the you know the ac- their product is earning. Anyway, I don't want to. We can't just keep going back to the. This yeah, very topical right. and is very on our minds. Well, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it's all... Well, I highly doubt it. But it's yeah. all finished and they're making way more money. <laughs> um, I want to... Because we've gotten to the, the burning wicker men at the moment. We've, we've, we've talked about it a little bit now. So I want to go cycle back to what I said at the beginning about Nick Cage wanting to do more overtly funny stuff. Yeah. Um, so he reckons that audiences wouldn't have thought that the comedy was unintentional if he'd been allowed to do some of the ideas he had, which included having a handlebar mustache for the entire movie. Okay. And when he's being burned alive in the Wicker Man, doing it in the bear costume. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted he wanted to be kept in the bear costume when they put him in there and burned him. Which weirdly oh I don't know if I can say that because I would I was gonna spoil a different movie, I think, and we, <laughs> we yeah, you can't, can't you can't do that. But, but it's weirdly kind of similar to what happens in a different movie yeah. that we probably could compare to either of the Wicker Man movies. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, our listeners who have watched the movie in question will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would have liked to see Nick Cage burned in a bear suit. <laughs> it's a, a bit of fun. Um. Do you want to go on to trivia, or do you want to keep? Yeah, we can go. On, we can go on to trivia. Okay. Um. All right. So, nineteen seventy-three Wickerman. Uh. So the the rowing boat that they have in it with like the evil eye on the side of it. Yeah. Um. That wasn't made for the movie. It actually just belonged to someone who lived on the island that they filmed on, and they were like, "Hey, can we use that? It looks. Yeah, <laughs> like it looks creepy. Bit, it looks creepy, and we'd like to put it in there." Uh, and that boat was still around until 2004 when it was unfortunately destroyed in a storm. No. Um, but I like that it survived like 30 years beyond the film. Um, so the budget for The Wicker Man was relatively low. I don't know, it seems high to me for that time, but apparently relatively low. Um, so Christopher Lee and several of the other actors did not take any money for it. They got no pay. Uh, voluntarily, were not paid. Okay. And Christopher Lee paid out of his own pocket for his own press tour, and went to every every person who was willing to interview him. So like he was like showing up on like local TV in like rural America and stuff to That's do. Sweet. And so there was like farmers in Iowa who were shocked to see Christopher Lee appearing on like public access <laughs> shows, being like, "Hey, watch my movie, The Wicker Man." I want to um, see that, you know. <laughs> and he also has, he apparently said, like insisted, um, I, I guess forever until his death, that it was one of his favourite films that he's ever been in. That's great, I love it. Um, uh, the, so the actress who plays Willow referred to the place that they filmed, which is in Galloway in Scotland, um, as the bleakest, pers- the bleakest place on earth. And the producers had to apologize to locals because they were so upset by that. <laughs> um, I've talked about the filming happening in November. It's just crazy to me um, that like they had to bring in all the trees that they made by hand. Um, yeah. The the oh yeah. So the the area that they that 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 it's set in, which is in the Hebrides in Scotland, was largely 
Gaelic speaking still back in the, the 1960s and 70s. Interesting. But yeah, very little Gaelic appears in the movie. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the the folk customs that they use for the movie are actually English folk rather than Scottish folk. Yeah. Which is weird and definitely not from the Highlands. Um, the... Why is that? Oh yeah, so I was like, why is this note so long? Because it's the bit about um, Edward Woodward not wanting to see the Wicker Man until the day of, but apparently um, he also, like, when they were carrying him up into it, kept being like, don't drop me, don't you dare drop me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was, like, genuinely, he said he, he said in his entire career, which has spanned over six decades, he has never been more scared than when they were filming Inside the Wicker Man as it burned. Um, and he said that it forced him to act his socks off. I guess because he didn't want to do <laughs> another yeah, take yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I already mentioned that the, the goat peed on him. Um, as for the other Wigman, the 2006 one, I didn't take down many notes for this. Uh, I feel like I've probably already talked about some. So first of all, Christopher Lee was not a fan. Um, largely because he doesn't think uh, remakes should happen at all. He thinks, you know, he, he agrees with sequels and continuing on yeah yeah but, uh, not things, but not there's no he said especially a movie with such history there's no uh, yeah. you know reason to do that um the director and co-writer of the original film robin hardy also was not a fan well I, he seemed to have just had his doubts before it was even released because they were going to put his name in the credits as a writer and he was like don't do that yeah i don't want to be associated <laughs> with this film um Edward Woodward actually did like it, um, and he liked the script. They because they originally wanted to make the cameo in it, but he declined. But he said he did actually enjoy the script, and he liked um, the direction they were going with it. Um, the yeah, apparently up to eighty percent of the dialogue is word for word the same as the original. Yeah, which is interesting. It's really interesting to watch it because like, especially back to back because, um, it's interesting how much of it is very much the same. Yeah. Um, like the scene where he's um, you know, searching the whole town and taking the masks off the kids to try and see, you know, figure out where she is. There's there's scenes that are very similar, and then there's others that are clearly different, but because they're adapted for a modern time and an American setting as well. I I think, weirdly enough, I think it works <laughs> relatively well. Like I think it's better than I than I used to think it was. There's something I will bring up, and I know this is sort of in an awkward moment yep. for where we are in the in the episode. That's fine. Um, the thing that I find the most fantastic... Why the 73 version is leagues ahead of the remake yep. is the soundtrack is super creepy mm. and weird. The soundtrack is great. And you're like, oh, these are weird, like, country folk songs. And then you actually start, like, listening to the lyrics and you're like... And then you, in the context of the the movie, you're like, yeah. oh, this is... This is like... You're, you're thinking you're walking down the aisle to the... the what, what's the what's the wedding song called? The du, 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 the Here Comes the Bride thing? <laughs> you were singing the funeral march. Yeah, yeah. So here comes the bride. I think is the name of the. Yeah, so you think it's here. You, yeah, here comes the bride, but it's the funeral march yeah. that you're walking to. But because of the pitch and the tone and the the wee folk, the wee village folk, that kind of melody and and uh, instruments and singing, mm -hmm. it's all like oh la 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 la. These are simple people, but yeah. there's like this sinister overtone. There's even like there's a song that they sing. 
um, that has very similar. I don't know is it was it an actual song or an actual like folk song or is it made up for the film, but it's very similar lyrically, especially at the beginning to an Irish folk song called the Rat- the the Rattling Bog, um, where it's like you know the, the a hole in the ground, a tree in a hole, and a twig on the tree, and a bird on the twig, or all that, you know, and it's similar, similar start to that, but then, like, it ends up with, like, you know, and there's, like, a seed that becomes a boy, that becomes a man, and the man becomes a grave, and from the grave, the tree grows, and it's like, okay, yeah, all right, and you're getting into this rebirth thing, but it's also very morbid. It's also very, like, we're not hiding the the reproductive cycle of the human race from children yeah. to the point where the children are singing about phallic symbols and yeah. and you're like, uh, even him, like, in that whole moment of how he's just being like, what the fuck are you teaching children here? Yeah, yeah, but, like, she's literally just giving them sex ed, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's uh, just and like, you the... can't do this in the Queen's England. Yeah. Um, or Scotland. <laughs> Sorry. Still, what was, is... Is was yeah, yes. still part of the UK as a current. Well, it's the king's realm now, isn't it? Ugh, not my king. <laughs> Keep your sausage fingers to yourself. Um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, definitely, definitely very eerie music. Even, but I mean, even like the first, I think it's the first song that's sung is the like the, the, the innkeeper's corn, daughter. No, it's the corn and oh yeah, corn and barley, the corn and barley. And that comes up a few times. Talking about falling in love with a girl that you had a romp with in the in the corn. Yeah, um, and then it goes to yeah the innkeeper's daughter with all these old men are singing it's about so like creepy. They're like totally sexualizing her, and she's just like sitting there laughing. Yeah, it's like she's like a teenager or something. I think she's supposed to be you know quite young at least. But then she like and then. Oh my god! It's sorry, so we're, we're sorry. We're going back to this, but right. we'll we'll um. It's just yeah. The the fact that you were talking about what you were talking about when yeah. I interrupted was is like the mind worm, um, the intrusive thought that came back of of knowledge, the yeah the whole sequence um where it starts getting very unsettling for Howie, aka the audience, is where. Uh, Christopher Lee just rocks up and is just like, I brought a young lad for you to have sex with. Yeah. And then she's like, sweet, set him up, we're going to have sex with him. And it's an old building. Yeah. The entire group of old men who are sitting there drinking and singing songs can hear it, like... But it's all, they're all very open about it. I mean, and that's, you know, what he says to the school teacher is that, you know, he's like, oh, I was wondering why everyone is like this, but it starts here in the school, so you educate them. And it's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, um, because they're not. I mean, it does turn out that they are going to murder him. Yeah. So he's right to be suspicious. <laughs> a little bit suspicious, but for the most part, a lot of what they're doing is not hurting. And you know, and Christopher Lee's character, um, Mister Summerisle or Lord, Lord, Lord Summerisle. Yeah. So again, the other one, she's Mother Summerisle or whatever. Yeah. Um, or is she Sister Summerisle or she Something Summerisle? Something along those lines. Anyway, um. He points out the hypocrisy to him that, like, because they're, they're, you know, he gets upset because there's girls dancing around and singing a fertility song, and it's they're trying to get pregnant by the god. Yeah. And he's like, "Why would they do? That's ridiculous." And then he's like, "Well, aren't you Christian? Yeah. Don't you believe in Jesus, who was a virgin birth, and she was, you know, so his mother was impregnated by God?" Yeah. And he's just like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, "Why are you saying that's like a, you know?" And it's point you at the, hypocr- the hypocrisy and also the you know the 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 pagan 
the amount of paganism that was actually incorporated into Christian beliefs, yeah. you know, especially early on. Because, I mean, even, like, you know, Christmas is based around Yuletide. Oh, I, I, and... could, I could go on friggin' three-hour-long yeah. rant. There's huge pagan influences in, in Christianity. It's, it's rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, taking... not, it's not the exact same. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, like... taking, it's taking original ideas that would have had some value, some value to people in, in the past and rebranding it so it, it is worshipping your religion that you're forcing on your people because yeah. your monarchy has changed to that religion. Yeah. Um, but that's, a, you know, we go into the whole story of how Rome became Christian. Even now, Rome, like, Italy is now the part of Christianity because that's where the Vatican is. Yeah. In reality, it was not, you know, yeah, for yeah, a long, yeah. like, to the, you know, Emperor of Rome being baptised on his deathbed against his will. Um, they're like, hey, he's Christian now. He repented the Christian God. Everybody's Christian now. Um, but I think even, especially probably around the area where this is set, so like, the, you know, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, um, as we, you know, when Christianity was brought to those places initially, um, it was very much like, a, well, let me explain this to you in your pagan terms so yeah. that you can see the parallels and understand. So instead and then of... it evolved to like, well, this is the superior one and how dare you be pagan. And yeah, it's like, yeah. well, like, you literally told us they were the same. <laughs> yeah. instead, of, instead, of, instead of Yuletide, you have Christmas. And it's, it's, instead of, instead of uh, this, you, you have God's brother, Santa Claus, um, <laughs> who wears green. His name is St. Nicholas. Oh, and then Coca-Cola came along and now he wears red. Yeah. Um, and polar bears. Woo, commercialization. Yeah, but that's what it is, because yep. churches make a stupid amount of money. Yeah. Anyway. Um, if we tax churches, folks, we could send a rover to Mars. <laughs> every ev- day. Every day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, ridiculous. So the plane that um, that Edward Mailer swim- like, is looking at the broken radio in, uh, the tail identification number on it, uh, is N7241P, which is apparently the ID of a real plane that had crashed in 1985 after the pilot had taken barbiturates bar, uh, pre-flight. So, okay. It's fun. It's just a basis. So it's like a real plane that he finds crashed out there. Um, and then the ending where he's set on fire inside the, the Wicker Man. Because um, they get the actress who plays Rowan to, to set him on fire. Yeah. Um, Erica Shea Gare is her name, and she didn't want to do it because she didn't want to. She didn't want to burn him. Um, and the director had to be the you know they had to lie to her and say, oh, he's gonna find a way to escape after oh, you do it. Gaslighting children. Yeah, so, they, so that they could get her to go do it, and then he burns. He burns in the in the thing. But they yeah, she'd only do the scene because they convinced her that he was gonna find a way to escape and 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 win. This sad. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't want to hurt him. It's cute though. Um, when I tried to look up budget box office stuff for both of these, as you can imagine, the two thousand six Wicker Man is a flop. Yeah. Uh, budget of forty million dollars, box office thirty eight point eight million. Jesus, but, forty million dollars. But the the um nineteen seventy three one appears to have flopped even worse. Which is shocking to me because it's such like a cultural, like yeah, it's it's so well known and so well. But loved. this is box office. Yeah, so money wise, it didn't do very well. So yeah. it so it was the budget. I think it was because it was obviously in pounds. I think it was somewhere between four hundred and eighty and five hundred and ten pounds sterling. 
um, sorry, thousand, <laughs> four hundred eighty thousand or five hundred ten thousand pounds sterling, um, but it's written on places that have converted it as eight hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, budget, so less than a million, um, which I guess is why Christopher Lee didn't get paid for it. Yeah. And I have to pay for the promotion stuff himself. And at box office, it made $460,000 internationally. Right. So that's like half. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like it just really flopped, which is sad. Um, they did make sequels. Um, and they actually were planning to make a sequel around the time the 2006 one came out, but then it ended up getting delayed for a few years, uh, which is why they were able to make the 2006 remake. Right. Um, but yeah, it's had a couple of sequels. Obviously lesser known but yeah it's interesting to me that it that it made like pretty much no money at the time right considering you know christopher lee is a pretty big name yeah and it's such a good film and you know us now in 2023 looking at it like it's so well known and so well loved yeah so it's sad to me that it didn't make the money it, it should have at the time well that's the whole thing about art like, yeah. Um, what the greatest artists of all time died as paupers. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's pretty sad. How much does you know? Um, why mm -hmm. can't I think of his name? He's got his own bloody thing, museum. Um, Love Starry it. Night. Oh, Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those memes that goes, oh, um, "Girls with a time machine." I'm your granddaughter. Boys of the Time Machine. Van Gogh, I will pay you two bottles of wine for a painting. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's double what I normally get. Here you go. Um, he used to, like, give people, like, paint, like, just sketches for, like, a single cup of wine. Mm -hmm. And you imagine finding that in your grandparents' attic, like, the, the one that in gets, a book. The one that gets me like, is, Oh um, my god, I'm now a billionaire. Johannes Vermeer. Like, most of his paintings are destroyed. Yeah. Like, he would, like, you know, because he was so poor and he'd, like, you know, paint over them or, you know, they'd end up getting scrapped or whatever. Yeah. So, that at this point, there's only, like, 20-something of his paintings that have survived. Yeah. One of which is The Girl with the Pearl Earring, which yeah, is one yeah. of the most <laughs> famous paintings in the world. Um, stunning paintings. And, like, because he wasn't recognized at the time... You know, we could have had dozens more. Yeah. You know, and we never will. But um, yeah, it's 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 sad that that happens. At least you know, um, you know Christopher Lee and the other people in you know the other the other cast and crew of of The Wicker Man lived, or most of them at least lived to see an era where it was loved. Yeah. Uh, because the quotes from Christopher Lee about the 2006 one, like he talks about how the film has such success and such a great audience or whatever, like why do you need to remake it? So yeah, he obviously yeah. knew that it was, that it was, you know, it had reached its people at some point. Maybe it was just too controversial at the time. You could see why, because it was the beginning of the 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a good movie. Absolutely. Should we should we we wrap up the Yeah, I guess we'll wrap up. Um so you can find us on our website at ittakes2.co.nz. We're on Twitter still, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube. Um just you know, look for us wherever. We have a Discord server, the link is in the description to of the episode. 
the show notes. Uh, it's on the web our website. Um, I believe it's still on our Twitter bio. If you're if you're still on Twitter, um, yeah. So join our Discord, and um, let us know what you think of this episode. Let us know if there's any episodes you wanted to do in the future, uh, especially in our remakes series. If there's any remakes that you really want to hear us compare, um, we'd love to hear it. Yes, we would. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will catch you there and stay safe and don't go any to any islands with some weirdly, vaguely written notes about missing yeah, if you young get a, children. If you get a letter saying my there's a girl who's missing, yeah, don't, don't go. come find her. Yeah, don't go. Don't, don't go. It's a, don't it's a trap. It. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trap. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye.